0: Hello amazing beautiful ladies, you are listening to the Igbo Women's Initiative podcast with Ugochi Onyewu. I am so excited to have you on the show. Welcome to the Igbo Initiative podcast where we celebrate all things Igbo. We speak to amazing women in different walks of life who are either Igbo or who are friends of Igbo culture. I hope you can hear the excitement in my voice. I just finished an energetic discussion with Ekene that has left me pumped. Ekene took me to church, and I apologize to you in advance for all the exclaiming and grunting in approval that I do in response to some of what Ekene says. Ekene Ono is the founder of Refresh with Ekene, a coaching and consulting company. She is a certified professional and emotional intelligence coach who is also certified in organizational and change leadership. Ekene started her working career as a pharmacist and practiced for close to two decades prior to starting Refresh with Ekene. She started her company in response to the need she saw with the professional and high achieving women who came to her pharmacy every day with prescriptions for high blood pressure, insomnia, depression, and other challenges. She also felt a need to shift in her own life. She went through her own personal journey and transformed her career path, health, state, and way of living. Now, she travels the country teaching, training, speaking, and creating amazing, beautiful experiences for women to get refreshed. Ekene is the author of four books, two of which are fiction. I just finished reading her second fiction book, Aristocrat Wives, and I could not put it down. It was amazing. Ekene recently launched a new podcast called Iconic Womanhood with Ekene. She launched the podcast to learn wisdom from fabulous women across the diaspora. In this episode, we discuss her tenacity, which clearly she inherited from her mother. We discuss her journey to transformation and how she knows she is living her life's purpose and passion. We talk about her upcoming retreat and why she knows it will be a transformational experience. So hi, Akane. Thank you so much for joining today. It's so great to talk to you. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. Thank you for having me on. Oh, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. I'd like to spend some time talking about your Igbo heritage and your background, because obviously this is an Igbo women's podcast, (laughs) Um, and then we'll kind of dive into the specifics and how you can bring value to the audience as well. So I'd like you to kick it off a little bit just by giving us some background, tell us about yourself, where were you born, what part of Igbo land are you from, et cetera, et cetera. If you could just talk to us for a few minutes about that.
1: Yeah, sure, like the origin story. Yes. I was, actually, <laughs> I was actually born in the U.S., I was born in Boston, mm-hmm. but I am originally Nigerian, as you know, but from a Newi. I'm an Igbo girl from a Inewi, uh Newichi, actually, mm-hmm. which is in Anambra state. So um, I got, we moved back to Nigeria when I was about seven, I think. And one of, one of the things I love about growing up were those yearly pilgrimages that most igbo people used to make back in those days where every Christmas you would just go back to the village mm-hmm. and the long drive from Lagos. I mean, I, it's one of my fondest memories mm-hmm. because, you know, from the cooking of the rice, you know, make big coolers of rice for the journey, driving, and there would be all these cars, people going, and then getting to Onitsha Bridge. <laughs> yeah. And it's this, like, the crossing over. So, um, yeah, that that experience, that whole thing is one of the markers, you know, the mind markers mm. about what it means to be an Igbo-American human being in this world, yeah.
0: Yeah. No, yeah. And it's funny you you mentioned the bridge because I talked to someone else and we were reminiscing as well. That's one of our, like, strong memories of going across that bridge, right, from um, Asaba to Niche. Yes. So I remember that too. You talked about being an Igbo girl, being from the East, which of course is amazing and having those fond memories. But I, I can imagine that your, your parents had quite an influence on you. Maybe you could talk a little bit about parental influence uh, that your parents had on you. Oh, of course,
1: they influenced everything. What, what, what kind of influence? Like what area of my life? So I think one of the big things is what I ended up doing with my life. Uh, parental influence my mother and she denies this today oh. <laughs> but you know it remains true <laughs> my mom um, was very a very strong influence still is uh, very resilient very you know just a go-getter in life and I've taken that from her mm. she's someone that has a lot of I call it activation energy so she's a doer mm. but um, she's also someone that is very practical and and very savvy and I remember growing up so I went to high school in Nigeria I went Mm to QC Queens College oh yeah uh uh-huh which was a big very prestigious at the time a big deal yeah and um I was you know I knew that I had no other option but to be accepted otherwise you know maybe death I don't know but (laughs) I, I remember even um, the day that we had to take the exam. So I had to take an exam to get in. Uh, actually, an interview. The day we mm-hmm. were supposed to take the interview, there was an incredible flood. Rain, Nigeria, rainy season, Lagos. There was a massive flooding. Mm-hmm. The car, our car got stopped because the road was completely flooded.
0: Hmm. And
1: you know, my mother abandoned the car. So me, I'm thinking, oh, well, oh, we're just not going to make it, right? My mother abandoned the car Get out of the car, get out, right? Just like that, right? So we got out of the car, and it was just me and her, because she was taking me to this interview. And we are wading through water, right? Like, it's waist deep for me. Mm -hmm. She's holding my hand and dragging me along. We get to, like, a place where we can flag down a taxi, and I go to the interview just drenched and all. My mother is like, you better, you know, like... (laughs) Threatening me. And because she had said in her mind that this school was the opportunity. And I learned something really critical from her there. Mm. That there, there failure is not an option. Like mm. she showed mm. me the meaning of tenacity. Like wow. she is a very tenacious person. Mm-hmm. And when we moved back to the States, you know, and I said I wanted to do liberal arts. And she she is like, what is liberal arts? What is that? Like just like that you know, what are you talking about? I said, I wanted to create writing. She's like, writing, hey. Like, you know, very, very matter of fact. And she was very clear that she had worked too hard yeah. and she had worked to give us certain advantages yeah. and we were going to be successful period. Yeah. And moreover, I was the Ada, which mm-hmm. meant a lot was riding on me. Mm-hmm. And so she sat me down very matter-of-factly and t- said to me, listen, there's work, I'm working very hard. And my mom, when we moved back to America, my mom used to have hair salons in Nigeria. She was you know, very middle-class live.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: when we moved back here, she was alone with four kids mm-hmm. and she had to recreate, her life. And she couldn't, you know, she had been an entrepreneur. Mm. And um, even though she had a degree from Boston University, she Mm. wasn't able to get back in the workforce. Mm. And here's this woman who is a single mom of four kids at the time. And she decides to go back to nursing school Mm. in her 40s. Mm. So i'm telling her that i wanted to create your writing and my mom is like yeah. coming back and she was working too by the way mm. like so she's working as a nursing assistant which is grueling work mm. and going to school and i'm telling her well mom i want to find my best life you mm. know, be a creative, right? And she's like let me just tell you something mm. you have three options you can be a doctor a lawyer an engineer, then she added the fourth, a pharmacist. Mm. So you have those, three, those are your options. Choose one. And mm. then that was the end of the discussion, yeah. right? Yeah. So the unspoken kind of message was, or oh, you can stop being my child, yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. And and I being the good, evil girl, you know, and the Ada, mm. I did what was expected. Mm. So um, mm. I didn't want to go to medical school, it was too long.
0: Mm. I
1: started out as a chemical engineer, actually it took one chemical process calculation class Mm. and the potential of doing a summer internship, wearing a hard hat to get me out of that. And, you know, then I went to pharmacy school, Mm -hmm. um, became a pharmacist. And so there was that very strong influence. It's interesting um, later in life when I finally gave myself permission, which was, you know, I think a lot of us can probably relate to this Mm. that we are, dutiful. I think Igbo girls, mm-hmm. Igbo women, we grow up and it's mm-hmm. a big it's a, a huge value for most of us mm-hmm. to be, be dutiful, to yes. to do what is expected to our, You know, we, we're very, very focused on doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I na bambu, type of yes. thing, right? Exactly. You know yes. <laughs> so yes. yes. We have that and you know what I learned though, and it's interesting that I've taken such a different path now. Is that when we are so focused on being practical, which is what i are trying to do? Mm. Some, sometimes we can doom ourselves to being mediocre. Mm-hmm.
0: Because mm-hmm. we
1: can never really get to the, the heart mm. of who we are and express it. Mm. And a lot is riding on us, right? Mm. So it took a while for me to give myself the permission to, mm. to really step into who I believe I really am, which is the life I'm living now. Mm. But when I started to do that, I remember when I wrote my first novel, uh, Chimamanda had not yet come to the forefront then. Mm-hmm. And the reason why Amanda is important is because she's evil. Yes. And she, she's very, very successful mm-hmm. as a writer. Mm-hmm. So when I first did my book, I was like, ah, oh, that's nice. She is still, yeah, still a pharmacist, though, right? <laughs> you are still working. Yes. Okay. Very nice. Wonderful. you wrote a book. wonderful. Promptly got a couple of copies. I don't believe she's ever read it. good that she hasn't. Right? And um, she was very proud of it. But, you know, as long as everything is still moving along. Yes. But then when Chimamanda came out, I remember mm-hmm. after she had read about her or something, she came to me and she said, I eh, can't. I thought you I, what you said, you I write What's about, have you seen Chimamanda? What's about, you know, how you I now, you know, it. kind of like, you know, exactly. Yeah. And I was like, mom, yeah. you realize that she's a pure writer? She's yes. been writing for years. Yeah. Well, you know, you, remember when I said so, perhaps if you yeah. had allowed, you started to laugh. Yeah. She said, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. God's time, God's time, yes. is, God's time yes. is best, you know. Yes
0: actually really interesting because it sounds obviously it's a common thread we we're, we're Igbo and Nigerian we understand parents oh you either be a doctor or a lawyer and in fact she was even generous when she said pharmacist right yes. doctor lawyer engineer pharmacist just, yes. <laughs> it, it's, a, it's a common thread it's funny I was talking to uh, someone the other day and she's American you know born and bred mm-hmm. and I was trying to tell her you know she couldn't understand it she's like I don't understand why people need I was like well you have to understand where our parents were coming coming from at the time. It was coming from a place of love, a place of, mm-hmm. in their minds, you know, a place of pushing you to be the best that you can be and being successful. Mm-hmm. So it's not like they're punishing you or forcing you into mm-hmm. something that they think will harm you. It's because of the place they're coming from. They want you to do better than they did, et cetera. And this was the way that they knew how, but you said something so profound like, and that you talked about how when we go down something where that's not really us, it, it makes us mediocre right? Because yeah. we're kind of getting up every day and forcing ourselves through the motions of what we think is right, being Absolutely. dutiful. I just thought that was just so profound and I wanted to kind of touch on that. So so that's a fantastic story. And, and it's so interesting you talk about the journey from where you started to where you are now. I just have one quick question. Do you speak Igbo? Did you grow up speaking Igbo or did you uh, not, <laughs> basically? I do speak Igbo. Okay. Um, I didn't grow
1: up speaking it. I grew up understanding it. It was, uh, my parents spoke it all the time. I understood it very well, but I never, um, I t- attempted it a couple of times, but that's one of the challenges I think also for, with our culture. I think um, Igbo culture, we tend to be very, we're perfection oriented yes and so whenever anything is imperfect we call it out pretty quickly and in fact we're very quick to ridicule you so Mm -hmm. a lot of the people i know that struggle to speak evil um it's often because they were they weren't given the chance to do the the process of learning Mm -hmm. you know and so imperfection is ridiculed you know Mm -hmm. we we expect we have high standards Mm -hmm. people have very very high standards in general which can be both a positive but also a negative because the reality is there's always the learning season Mm -hmm. and so I remember I would attempt to speak it as a child because being born here Igbo wasn't my first language Mm -hmm. so whenever I would attempt to speak it ah they will finish you you know you (laughs) so you just stop you give up on it I later learned to speak it as an adult actually as a mother two big things for me um, were factors in that and I'm grateful for both of them one was a woman that helped me when my daughter was born and um, really helped us uh, with her in, in childcare for many years uh, and to comfort still will not uh, forget her she taught me a lot never formally educated but my goodness, she was one of my greatest teachers and just a really lovely woman. Mm. She was, she could speak English, but she much she preferred to speak Igbo and she insisted on speaking Igbo with mm-hmm. me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I had to speak to her in Igbo. Yeah. And she was very encouraging about it. And then the second person who you probably should have on this podcast too is a friend um, who at the time I spent a lot of time with. Um, Because our kids were, we had kids around the same age. And when your kids are small, Mm. you're really more mommy than anything else. So we were, we had a kind of an informal mommy group Mm -hmm. and her name is Chica, And um, she grew up in the East. Mm. And I remember the day she was like, and she's, and so because she grew up in the East and Igbo is her first language, she speaks a lot in Igbo and a lot of friends are Igbo. And so we would be in social situations and she would be speaking Igbo and she goes deep into <laughs> the, the phrases. And I'm like, I'm always, I was always the one like, what? Like, hold on a minute. Like, yeah. what are you? And then she said to me, listen, listen, let me tell you something. I think in Igbo, I can't be translating to English for you. You have to get it together. Yeah. You know? And I remember just having that awareness. And I'm nothing, I'm something I am is I'm a quick learner. Mm -hmm. And once something clicks for me as something that I want to understand more about, I will do the work. I have no fear of the work. And so it became something that I Started to spend more time on mm. on really wanting to get into it. Developed a deep love for the language. I've always thought Ibo is very poetic. Yeah, the way we say things. I mean, just translate our language. Our own is not just good. More, you know, good evening or what? Catchifo. Yes. Let morning come. Yes. Yeah, it's very dramatic, yes. you know, and very poetic. And yes. so I love the way we see things. Not that I love you is You know, it's yes. I see you with my
0: eyes. I see you with my it's, eyes. I love it. Yes. 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 So
1: there's depth to our language and depth to our culture. Mm-hmm. So I deeply appreciate it. So, and in fact, because now I have the opportunity to speak in many different spaces, I was speaking recently at, um, at a conference for financial planners here. And I said, you know, I'll, I'll start sometimes my, my talks with, um, a, a proverb mm. like you know the evos say when a woman wakes up that is her morning yeah, or something yeah. like that and nice. and people are like yes girl yeah. yes honey <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. and you'll see them like yeah. you know connecting to the soul of our language yeah. so I am um, I, mm. I it's something that I, I really want my daughters to mm. have you know they, don't speak it hmm. but they have an understanding my younger hmm. one understands it very well especially hmm. when you're talking about her it's <laughs> all up in it but um you know I'm I'm hoping that um it's something that I can connect them to
0: hmm. interesting I, I love that I love I love I love the fact that you speak and I love the fact that you mentioned something that it's not about necessarily the destination, it's the journey, right? So for even for people who have learned and don't get to speak that much, they become rusty. So it's it's just constantly honing your craft and not for for want of being a perfectionist, not speaking at all, right? So it's just getting out there and just and just speaking, no matter how bad you think it sounds. I I really love that. Yeah. I I used to have
1: this thing I would say when I was now I say it less because I think I feel a little bit more And, or maybe I just don't care as much, Mm -hmm. but when I first started testing and speaking more, like giving myself the, again, permission to, to put myself out there, Mm -hmm. I would say, listen, Mm -hmm. like I'd put it right up front, a disclaimer, you know, it's not full done. It's not, this is medium
0: well at best. (laughs)
1: So (laughs) prepare yourself. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. So I, I do want to come back to your mother and her tenacity, but we'll kind of weave it in through the discussion because I think it's just such an amazing story. Uh, so you talked about, obviously, you went on to pharmacy school, you started practicing as a pharmacist, but I'd like to talk about your journey from practicing as a pharmacist to where you are today. So take us through that journey, if you would. Hmm.
1: <laughs> okay. So um... Yeah. The journey of the, um, anyway, yeah. so I, <laughs> I, I was practicing. I practiced for 17 years. It's funny mm. from the very first day I graduated, I knew I didn't want to be a, a community pharmacist. I knew mm. I didn't want to practice pharmacy in any way, actually. Mm. And, um, but I took my license exam just because again, that's what you do, mm. and I started working. My thought, my thought was, I would work for a few years, get a little money, and then I would just go into whatever creative pursuit mm-hmm. I wanted. And I didn't really have a clear sense of what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did a lot of things. Those people that knew me in those days knew I didn't. I there was a time I thought I would be a makeup artist, did one person's wedding, and that was the end of that. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a time, you know, I, I really just pursued, I, I, my, I followed my curiosity mm-hmm. and the things that I was passionate about for a while, mm-hmm. all the while working, right? And, and earning a living. Mm. And um, what push started to come to shove, one, when I became a mother, mm. it was really hard because pharmacy is long hours. Mm. So there were days where I would just be gone 14 hours, right?
0: Mm.
1: And uh, it would mean I would not see her at all. Like, so I'd work two back to back days, and I would, mm. by the time I'm up, she's not up, and by the mm. time I'm back, she's asleep. Mm. So that was really hard, and I knew that, okay, something has to shift. I tried mm. going part time. Um, that helped a little bit, but it still wasn't quite enough. And then every time I would look at her, you know, she looks a lot like me. I would see myself in her, and I would always ask myself, what legacy am I leaving for her? Mm. Hmm. You know what kind of woman am I showing her that I am mm. where and, and you know mm. getting the sense of courage and you know there's a saying that when the student is ready the teacher appears yes Just for me you know I had many teachers in that season mm. um, my daughter being one of them even as a baby right so pulling me out of myself and asking forcing me to ask the questions but then I had um I started having experiences at the pharmacy. I remember one very pivotal one, a woman came to the pharmacy and she asked, can you help me find something to sleep? And um, as I would typically do, I wanted to just learn more about what the issue was. Mm. And I said, well, you know, tell me more, what's going on? I was thinking I was going to be, you know, distinguishing between is it jet lag Mm. or, you know, maybe it's a drug interaction or something. But when I asked her, I said, what's going on? That's literally what I asked. And it was, I was working for Target at the time. Mm. She started to cry. Mm. She started to cry mm. right there in the middle of the aisles, right? Mm. <laughs> mm. What? Mm. You know, so I took her to the side and she and really well put together, you know, much like many of the women that you meet every day and that are on your podcast, just like, you know, yeah. fabulously coiffed, right? Yes. You know? And And a boss, right? Mm. And so I said, What's going on? And she, I took her to the side and we sat down and I said, You want to talk? And she started to tell me everything she was going through. And then, you know, she really hit me in the gut because she said, I'm so sorry. I shouldn't be falling apart because I know I can do all things through Christ. Mm. And as a Christian, that was like, I got it. I I felt it. I knew what she was talking about. And I said to her, and as I was speaking to her, I was speaking to me. And mm. I said, but he doesn't require you to carry the cross. Mm. He already mm. did that. Mm. And that was like, we both had some kind of like aha moment. And. Mm. And she sat up and we just talked for a bit more. And and then she didn't even get the drugs, right? She left. Then she came back two days later and I'm like, oh, do you need some other things?" She's like, no, do you have time? I'd just like to talk Mm. for a little
0: bit. Oh, wow. And
1: that started to happen more and more. I had a couple of people that would come only on the days that I was working just to chit chat. And, you know, someone said to me, you know, I think, have you ever heard of coaching? You're like a natural coach. (laughs) And I I was like, "Huh," I hadn't heard about it at the time. Or I, it was my, the edges of my brain, right? Mm. So I started like, exploring it. At the same time, I was having my own stuff mm. go on. Mm. I was hitting a place, a rock bottom place in my life. Mm. And, you know, as a, in the medical field, you know, there's a term referred pain. Like you might have pain and one it feels as if it's coming in one area, like amputees have it a lot, right? It feels as if there's pain in my foot. There's no foot there, but it feels, but it's referred pain, right? It's coming from somewhere else, but you're identifying it somewhere else. And so I had started to have pain in just all, like all of the areas of my life were challenged. Mm. Even me as a mother, like I loved, I had wanted my daughter so much, Mm. had such a really difficult pregnancy having her Mm You know, I had had miscarriages before I had her. Mm. I wanted to be a mother, but I, I, I think I went through postpartum depression. I didn't know. I knew what it was, but I didn't address it. Right. Um, I just, I was at a place where I was struggling just in general, right? I was physically in my health. I was not taking care of myself. Mm. I was out. I would have a giant coffee, a giant cookie mm. and a latte Sometimes mm. twice a day because mm. I was literally eating all of my lack of fulfillment, and I was just mm. really and I still, you know, I'm still an emotional eater. But I was my emotions mm. were high, girl, so mm. I was eating, I was eating, 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 mm. and I was just really, really unhappy. Mm. And it came to a place where, with all of these things happening, I now said, you know what, I need to take um, a leave of absence. Mm. I got to, I said, something's got to. You know, African American uh, slang, which I love. Mm something's got to give. It, ain't, yes. finna it yes. ain't finna be me. It ain't finna be me. So I made a decision that I had to do something. So I took a six week um, leave of absence. Mm. The six week leave of absence turned into 12 weeks. Mm. And in that 12 weeks, I decided to take my life back. Mm. And I just started taking care of myself. Mm. I first was sleeping. Number one, like we don't even realize that we don't sleep. Yes. So sleeping, first of all, then being, you know, intentional about moving. So like, for example, this morning, I I went, I, I typically on Saturdays, I have a friend we do five miles and we Mm. tend to walk and talk so it's a great social but also exercise Mm -hmm. and I'm right by the mountain so I started with just walking the mountain at the time it was a huge struggle it would take me two and a half hours to do that same five miles Mm. and I would walk around that mountain and cry and pray and cry and pray and feel better and Mm -hmm. so for six for the first six weeks, I was exercising, praying a lot, crying a lot, really just reflecting on my life mm. and really doing the hard introspective work that a lot of us don't do. Yes. And the, a number of things started to happen. I started to get awareness. So awareness is the first intervention. Hmm. So I became aware of myself, aware of what I desired. The clouds started to lift and possibility started to enter the picture again. Because for many of us, we shut down that part of ourselves Hmm. because we we can't afford to look at it. We can't afford to look at the Pandora's box of possibility because if we do, all these other aspects of our Hmm. life that we are just managing to hold in place, Hmm. like, listen, don't try to rock this boat. Like, Hmm. I just got it stable.
0: Mm. I can't
1: look at that right now.
0: Mm. But because
1: I had come to a place where everything, I was just like the whole thing has just stuck that, right? Yeah. And I you know, I might as well just look at it. Yeah. And I started to explore possibility again. And I really started to write a lot. I would write on Facebook. Mm. I wasn't um writing. I had written the Mrs. Club, but the
0: mm-hmm.
1: Mrs. Club was like what I call expression. So many of us have this expression. When when we talk about um dealing with pain and resisting, there's a, a, a thing that we do called expression mm. where it's not the full expression. It's just like a little piece of it. Hmm. So, it's like you know, when the pressure cooker you have that pressure cooker thing and you press that top, the old school pressure cookers that had the top that you had yes. to put on it. Yes, you guys remember? So if I you do push it to the side, a little fa will come yes. out, right? That's what the Mrs. Club that was that it was huh. a little expression of passion that was bubbling huh. up inside of me that needed to come out, but wow. I didn't do much with it, it just right a little bit, just so right. I didn't lose my mind, right? right. But then when I started to write on Facebook, I had started to, like I had now opened the whole thing up and started mm. to explore it. Mm. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was just writing authentically and writing from my heart. Yeah. And I didn't know I wanted, to, I wasn't a coach at the time. I mm. just was a woman going through my own refreshing. Mm. And people started to say to me, cause I was losing a little bit of weight. Right. I was looking better. I was happy. Mm. I was like, what are you doing? You're looking yeah. refreshed. Right. right. And I had that right. word come up a number of times. Right. Yes, And, um, Right around 12 weeks, then I had the opportunity to <laughs> make a, good, a, bi- a big decision. Mm. And um, I called my, my boss because I was supposed to go back to work.
0: Mm.
1: By this time, I'd probably lost like 30, 40 pounds. Wow. Um, I had really, I started writing, I'd started getting some affirmations, but I didn't have clarity on what my next steps were. So I called my boss to try and get her to let me get another four weeks. That was what I was negotiating. Mm -hmm. And she she said, just simply, if you don't come back to work tomorrow, you don't have a job.
0: Period. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: So let me tell you, I pulled my car to the side of the road and I started to cry. Mm. I'm a crier. If you haven't gotten that theme (laughs) yet, I'm a crier. (laughs) So I called and I didn't call, um, I called my sister. Mm. Now my sister, it was not my co-bill payer. My husband was my yeah. co-bill payer, but I, I didn't call you. him. I hear you. I called <laughs> her. <laughs> mm-hmm. I called her, and I said, I told her what was going on, and I was like telling her in between heavy, racking sobs, like, ah, ah, and I was, mm-hmm. I was having like a, an anxiety attack in, mm-hmm. in some kind of way. And so she and my sister is very practical. I have two sisters, one that is a bit like me, like we're all on the spectrum. She's very practical. She's a PhD. She's very like methodical in her thinking. I called her, not Mm -hmm. the one that's like, my dear, let's just do it together. (laughs) (laughs) And so she said, and she thought she was quiet the whole time I was talking, Mm -hmm. just listening, which is her way, very wise. Mm -hmm. After I was done, she said, you know what, I can of life is really short and Mm. you sound really bad. Mm. If this job is going to kill you, Mm. find something else. Wow. Wow. Mm. You can, and you know, it was like Mm. the permission I needed. Right. Mm. And so I didn't even call my boss back. I Mm. just didn't go to work.
0: Wow. Mm -hmm. And
1: it was frightening, Mm. but it was, you know, so I jumped in this water
0: Mm. But I didn't
1: have a plan, and so now I didn't. I hadn't told my co-bill payer <laughs> at the time, yeah, right, that this six-figure income was now no longer coming an in. option, right? And what I will say was, he was also someone that was a teacher at the time, and you know, mm. we all, everyone in your life is there to be a blessing, yes. It, you know, however it comes, so I knew that he would be um, irritated.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Also, the impulsive way I'd handle things, mm-hmm. so I had to give him a plan. If I had a plan, then mm. he would be willing to hear it, right? Yes, that makes. So sense. I was like, I need a plan. Mm-hmm. So in 24 hours, I had to have a plan. Mm. So I sat and I said, okay, all right, what am I going to do? And so I thought about all the things, and I had been journaling throughout this 12 mm.
0: weeks.
1: And I'd come to a sense, I'd actually written out, people were saying refreshing. I had, the word refresh had started to like, like kind of be a beacon for me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I had written out what I considered the six pillars of refreshing. Hmm. And these were the things that I was doing regularly, spiritual growth, having fun, exercise, eating, mm. there mm. were a couple of things, right? So I'd written those things out and femininity, mm. like I had, had a couple of things. And, and I said, you know what, I'm going to put together a conference
0: hmm.
1: and I'm going to call it refresh yourself. Mm. Because everyone is telling me you look refreshed and they're asking mm. me, people were asking me, what are you doing? Yes. And so I said, I'm going to do a conference that is going to tell women what to do. Mm. At the time I was seeing myself as the expert I mm. just was going to be the convener of this conference mm. I'd never done a conference before I didn't know anything about it didn't know what to do but mm. I just determined within myself which is part of what I teach now at the higher level mm. I, I didn't know the str- the the steps right I but I did something that is actually a spiritual principle mm. and there's strategy behind it but I just didn't know I was doing it without understanding it mm-hmm. right I spoke it, decreed it, Hmm. and brought it to pass. And this is really something that if we understand, we can actualize anything we want. Yes. And so, you know, forgive me, I'm about to go into preacher mode. (laughs) Come on on with me. Right. And so I decided what I was going to do. And I got on Facebook and I announced it right then and there. Like Hmm. I am having the refresh yourself conversation. in atlanta on you know in six weeks now i didn't have a space didn't have a speaker didn't know anything about putting any of those things together (laughs) now having done i've literally now done over 55 events in different countries now i would never attempt that now because i know that's crazy talk and but god in his faithfulness shows up Yes. faith is a very yes. powerful thing
0: yes.
1: faith can overcome yes. where strategy fails absolutely so i had no strategy you, hmm. but i had a lot of faith hmm. so i now went to i decided okay i've announced it and then i went to i, I went a step further like this 24 hours like i harnessed all the things my mother had taught me the activation Energy went to the hotel, found a hotel, called a couple of places, finally found one that was within my budget. Mm. Paid for 40 lunches on the spot. Wow, right? The room fee, whatever, paid everything. Like, okay, so literally, this is the money that pretty much started the company Mm. 40 times about $25. That's Mm. how much I paid, Mm. right? And that's really all I've put it, I started this business with, Mm. and uh, maybe an additional couple of hundred dollars.
0: Mm.
1: And then I wrote down. I need speakers to speak about the pillars. Mm. I would like vendors. And then, of course, I need 40 plus women. So we ended up having 50 women, but I need Fantastic. at least these, these kinds of women, right? Mm. Now I got those vendors. I told them, Oh, we're gonna have these people here, it's gonna be awesome. Da da da. da. Then I got them to pay, right? Then I got the gift bags, da da. da, da, da. Body shop. Just I literally yeah. walked up and down to stores talking mm. to them,
0: mm. collected
1: them in hand then it's time to get to the speakers. I didn't know that you could ask speakers to speak for, I just never had done it. Mm -hmm. I had no money to pay anybody. Right. Reached out to the speakers like, oh, you know, you do nutrition. Can you come and talk to us? We're having this conference, da-da-da-da. Got some speakers.
0: Yes.
1: Then I now did what is now, anyone who has done events will tell you this, this part is the hardest part. Hmm. Getting women to spend a little money to take care of themselves.
0: Hello. Dear God. Yes and
1: I was targeting women like myself like mm. yourself. Mm. It's not that they don't have the and at the time, let me tell you now. <laughs> at the time that particular event I think was or something. Mm. I don't do like now the events that I charge are in the hundreds or thousands. Mm. Like I have Mm. some things that are thousand dollar investments. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. people are still like, of course, Mm -hmm. Indibu are like they're looking. (laughs) I I hear the back talk. Like, who do you think you are? And I'm like, just (laughs) confess. And you will see. And when you come, you will come back the next time. Trust, right? Because I've it's been a long haul. And and people, I have returned customers that Mm Mm-hmm. they know, they they get it. But mm-hmm. this was forty-seven to come for what? Mm-hmm. They were like, "What?" I even got I, um, I got a woman to come and teach us how to twerk. At the time, twerking was just coming out. Yes. to do a sexy dance class.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: we, um the day of. So I now after I put written this down, I'd now informed my kobio player, and I was like, oh, was like, "Okay, well, let's just be seeing, it. no mm-hmm. problem, right?" And um, mm-hmm. I continued on the. Day like two weeks before, only five people had bought their tickets.
0: Mm. Mm. So
1: I now call the friends that I had, and they're like, Oh, we say we're calling, we're I said, No, 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 no. Mm. listen to me. Yeah, yeah, listen to me. Yeah, I need you to give me, yeah, 10 names yeah. of women and their phone numbers. Yeah, that you think would be interested. Mm-hmm. Because I'll let me mm. like flashback to when I was 22 years old because mm. you're, you're calling. Mm-hmm. What you're here to do on this earth is always calling to you. It's always yes. showing up in different ways. Yes. So when I was 22 years old and first graduated from pharmacy school, I was working. I wanted to hold a brunch and it was going to be an African professional networking brunch in Boston.
0: Mm-hmm. I
1: didn't know anything about marketing, but I put, I put the brunch together. Mm-hmm. And I figured because I had it for a lot of friends that at the very least we mm-hmm. would have you know, we would have a full house. Like, call, yeah. are you coming? Bring yeah. your friends. Everyone's yeah. like, yeah, 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 I'll do it, I'll do yeah. it. That day, like, we had, like, six people show up. I mm-hmm. lost $2,000. I'll never forget it. Wow. I used to wake up in a cold sweat. <gasps> wow. Like, but now $2,000 yeah. is like, yes. like come yes. on now. Yeah. You, this is just yeah. part of doing
0: It is part of business. The, if yeah. I had
1: had, yes, if I had had the courage to continue, after that fail, because the failure was so jarring that I didn't do it again. But just think about if I had kept doing it from 22 till now, where I would be. Yeah. But I didn't. Yeah. So, but now I learned the lesson because I'd had the first fail. So, this time around, I said, Give me your names and numbers. And I harassed everyone to give me their names and numbers. And I spent two days calling. Every name on that number. Cold mm-hmm. calling. Mm-hmm. Hi, I'm a kin- I'm a friend mm-hmm. of Wagoche's. You don't know me, but mm-hmm. I'm hosting this thing. You need to come. And mm-hmm. I I tell I hate sales, but mm. I found my salesperson. Yeah. And I was everyone that said they would come, mm-hmm. you know, and this was in um when was this 2012? Mm-hmm. So it's not like now that we're so like conversant with yeah. just buy stuff on the internet all the time. Right. People right. are still kind of reticent. No, yeah. I'll buy it, I'll buy it. I was like, yeah. okay, so every person that said they might come, I wrote down their name, mm. but they still didn't buy their tickets. So go to the day of the event comes, we're there. The vendors are there. The speakers oh. are there. The five people who bought the tickets are there. It's oh. nine o'clock. Oh. And I said, guys, just, oh. you know how we are, you know, Nigerian time, African time, black people time, just enjoy yourself. <laughs> and uh, we're going to get started shortly. Mm. I go to the bathroom. Mm. Let me tell you, I thank God that I was raised in a Pentecostal church. Mm. So let me tell you, I was in there doing cardio prayer. Yeah. I called on the Lord. I said, you know, you said that uh, those who trust you will not be put to shame. Yeah. Let me tell you, I stood on the faith right then and there in the bathroom. I'm sure anyone that came in, they would have run back. And when I finished there, my prayer, I put myself (laughs) together and I said, you know, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. And I walked to the front of the room and I said, we're starting.
0: Mm. And I
1: start talking, Mm. welcoming them to this Mm. event. And I look up. And five more people in the room. Mm-hmm. I look up again; another five mm-hmm. more people in the room. Wow. In an hour and a half, we were wow. full. We wow. ended up turning people away because we wow. were sold out. Oh, wow! That can only wow. be God. It has only. never happened like that since. Only, it can yeah. only be God. Wow. Only be God. So yeah. that was how this started, and so since then, I have gone from being a convener of such uh, events to going back to school and becoming certified in social and emotional intelligence. I went back to Georgetown, did organizational change leadership, Mm -hmm. and most recently did diversity and inclusion training at Cornell because Mm -hmm. I'm now working with organizations and companies Mm -hmm. and and I have the opportunity to go into corporations. Mm -hmm. It's funny, I did some work for Eli Lilly, and Eli Lilly was my first, it's pharmaceutical company that makes Prozac. Mm -hmm. They were my first college work trip. So it was such a full circle moment for me to be coming back to them not as a pharmacist, yes. but I did yeah. a couple of sessions on authentic confidence. Mm. So this is now literally, mm. I live and breathe what mm. I teach. Yes. That you have the power to create anything mm. that you have the desire for in your heart. We just have to first acknowledge that piece,
0: Yes, right? Wow. There
1: are other components to
0: it, but first acknowledge it, own it, trust it. Mm. And let God do what he's going to do. So as you were talking, I mean, it was just amazing. Everyone has a journey. Everyone has a voice. And it's, it, you know, it's my passion, this whole purpose. What are you called mm-hmm. to do on earth? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just love that. I guess I, I I would like to know just a couple of things. The first thing, and I think you've already answered the question, right? But mm-hmm. but just, just to kind of clarify it for the audience, why are you so passionate about this, right? Is it just that you know, this is what you're called to do? Or is it, I guess I'll phrase it a different way. Have you seen some of the results in women that kind of confirm that, yes, this is what I'm called to do and this is why I'm passionate. Do you see where I'm going?
1: Yes, I do. Yes, girl, I see it. Let's go there. (laughs) Yes, Um, both of them, both things you said. One, it is a calling. It's a burden. And so it's something that really gives me a lot of, um, if I wasn't doing it, I don't think I'd have peace Mm. because women are, there's a lot of pain Again, what I, I exhibited referred pain, right? So I was eating and dealing with my pain by suppressing it and and repressing it with eating and and just other things. Mm. A lot of us are suppressing and repressing and and expressing there's different kinds of resistance or escaping. Mm. You know, like when I think about the level of consumerism, is a kind of escape, is a kind of yeah. not looking at your things. The, at the level of the way we do parties, especially in our culture, we don't yeah. play with parties. Right. It's a kind of escapism actually, right. because people will mortgage themselves to do some yes. of these things, right? And it's we're running from something. Whenever you see, so. Any sort of indulgence. Indulgence is not a bad thing. But when people are overindulging, it's no longer about the enjoyment of the thing. It's about the escape. They're running from something. Mm. And so I do this work because I see women in pain whether we acknowledge it or not i see us in pain and it's costing us a great deal there are so many women that i see that are really just trying to do their best they're really just trying to be the best mothers best wives best best daughters best sisters best doctors whatever it is right they're trying to do their best Mm -hmm. and they are living unexpressed lives because Mm -hmm. that is the the construct that they have been born into and so they're just doing their best within that construct Mm -hmm. but the pain of this lack of expression is showing up in different ways, including sickness, mm. including relationship trauma, right? Mm. And our men are struggling too. I'm just not yeah. called to men, by right, the way. Right, right, so Our men actually, I think, are struggling even more, right? Especially Igbo men that have so much on their shoulders. Yeah, they are really struggling. Mm. And so when you start seeing with men, you tend to see it. I, I've been invited to speak at Um uh, Umu Ibo a couple of years, and I've talked about this openly on on their in their um, conference. Mm. And the men come to me afterwards and share with me that no one has really shared with this, but even things like infidelity, mm. things like, you know, these sometimes are signs that mm. something in this unexpressed life. It's a kind mm. of escapism. Yeah, So we are struggling. So I, I do this work because I see women in pain. And I know Firsthand, but also because of the work that I've had the opportunity to do now, that if you tap into it, if you give yourself permission, if you, that box is not actually a Pandora's box. That box is a gift box. And Mm. it's not just a gift box for you. It's a gift box for everyone in your life. My children Mm. are better for me doing this work. Everyone in my life is better for me doing this work. So me stepping into it is not about being selfish, which is what I think a lot of us think. Mm. that That looking at that is like, it's a selfish life. It's actually Mm -hmm. a life of service Hmm. and it's the highest level of service. So Hmm. now you ask me if I've seen the results, I wouldn't still be in business if I didn't have results. Right. And I see it every day. So Um. it's funny. um, There's a woman that she's, she's not Igbo, but she's Nigerian. And I always love it where, when I get to serve Nigerians. I don't always... Mm. I have Nigerians in my groups.
0: Mm. Um,
1: actually, Igbos are very few and mm. far between. I'm not going to be your people. I don't understand. But I'm just looking at you. It's okay. I won't okay, be, it be fine. Okay. i, want, I want to I um, <laughs> i'm your sister i don't understand well let's leave it let's leave matter. let's discuss this other thing. yeah right because i have a lot of yorubas they come you know they key into it and get and get the result so i have this woman that you know there's two two templates i'm going to share with you they're both nigerians and it's important that we see this because they're both like nigerians they're both high achievers one is a physician and the other is a phd so actually they're, i think they're both phds and like MD and a lawyer right so they have like you know how we do double double right of course
0: accumulate the the degree,
1: accumulate you know I had had reached the pinnacles of their trust me I get it yes Yes. (laughs) you know she's an academic as well as a physician Mm -hmm. both of them are academics as Mm -hmm. well as you know one is an academic lawyer the other is academic uh, physician Mm -hmm. so I have a mastermind program the first lady the first event I ever held she came in her scrubs because she was coming from call. Mm. And so she just wanted to come. She had seen me on Facebook and just didn't know what it was. She was curious enough to say, I'll purchase this, like, you know, initial ticket and just go. It was at the Botanical Gardens. Mm. And we had this experience, and she was like, wow okay this is okay you know like Mm -hmm. there might be something here Mm -hmm. now this is a mother she's in her she's like 50 Mm -hmm. I would say beautiful woman Mm -hmm. you know how we are like we Mm -hmm. don't crack you know we don't play Mm -hmm. play. she had done a lot she's successful Mm -hmm. and this is what I say like this season of my life is really supporting women who are successful Mm -hmm. but moving them to their significance and so she had had the call to significance Mm -hmm. what attracted her to come to the event and so then she said you know what next right we talked about how she could bring forth her best self and you know she then signed up to do a strategy session with me a vision strategy session in the strategy session she shared some of the things that she was doing mm. and i and i said let's dream together and she shared some of her dreams and but she felt a little bit like i think a lot of us feel who am i to really mm. You know, like mm. that's for other people. And I was mm. listening to the work she was doing. And I said, do you realize that the work you do is kind of game changing? Mm. You're luminary. Mm. It's just that we haven't seen ourselves mm. as that. And, and we have to really think about the realities, mm. especially for Igbos, right? Mm. Because in, in Nigeria, the Igbo person has received a lot of negative affirmation, right? Mm. Not affirmation, but negative, micro. You mm. know, we kind of get microaggressions, right? Mm. Like, ah, Igbo, Igbo tic, yes, exactly. Like, get all this yes. stuff. Of messaging that yes. you understand yes. and we don't realize how that imprints on our soul mm. and then you come to America and you get the messaging as a person of color mm. and you start to think that you know what what you have to offer is not as special as these kind of people mm. and so you don't really realize that that you actually downgrade your genius mm. because you have been told over time that you can't possibly have genius mm. and so she was sharing and she's not um she's from like an eastern like you know how we have Tiv and all I can't remember exactly where she's from but it's one of our eastern um tribes that is okay yes and so we were we were talking and I was saying you know this what you're talking about is pretty awesome so Hmm. but I know one thing that it's not about the knowledge because if it was about accumulating degrees, we would be running the world because we have degrees. Absolutely. It's not about how much money you make. It's not even about your network. All of these things are components of success, but that's not the thing. Yeah, The thing is who you are on the inside.
0: Hmm.
1: There's a quote by Jim Rohn that says, success is not something you chase because it can be like butterflies. Success (laughs) is something you attract by the person you become. Hmm. Until you become the person, Hmm. you cannot handle what God has for you to handle. Mm. And so the inner work is critical. One of our challenges is well, we don't typically do the inner work. We mm. like how it looks on the outside. Yes. But we don't tend to do the inner yes. work. Now, yes. so this is what I shared with her. And I was like, are you ready to come and do the inner work? <laughs> right? And so she decided to do something really big, mm. which was invest in herself. Mm. And not only invest in herself, invest in herself with someone that came from her place. I mean, that's a big deal.
0: Mm -hmm. Trust
1: me with her journey because there are people that can go and look for some name and whatnot, you know, Tony Robbins. And those people are all awesome. But I'll tell you what I have over them is that I understand you in a way they don't. Yes. I I get you in a way that they don't. I love it. Yes. She came on board and we went, we started doing some work. This was less than six months. She just uh, finished the first cohort of the mastermind. She was in the first cohort. Mm -hmm. Can I tell you, she's about to launch her first, not a TEDx talk, a TED mm. talk. Like mm. literally, like this is work she did. She's, she has a book coming out. She's mm. Look, I'm like, come on, Brene Brown. Yeah. Come on. You're going to yes. be like, I'm yes. just going to put her on the front of my website. I wow. hear you. Yes. Come and see say. results. Come on, see results. Amazing. So, I'm Amazing. so proud of the work that Amazing. she's been able to do.
0: Amazing. And it
1: came from her. I don't teach her. I couldn't teach her how to do what she does. Yeah. right? Not that... What yeah. I did was support her in becoming mm. herself hmm. and really elevating consciousness. So talking about consciousness work. Some of the things I say, some people get afraid, like, oh, is it new age? As like mm. Everything I was saying is actually in the Bible. Yeah, it's just yeah. that it's an illumination of it yes. and we're talking about it. And, and yes. if you come into the programs, you'll see. Yes, The second person is actually my former classmate, she went to high school with me in Nigeria and QC. These mm-hmm. girls are highly discerning and we're, we're quick to look at it down our nose like, is this yes. even on my level? Exactly. So it was a big deal for her to decide to sign up with me, especially because she was signing up for a program that I have that is in the thousands of dollars,
0: mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You can
1: just imagine now for mm-hmm. us, I know when we talk to mm-hmm. 100, people are like, are you kidding me? Yeah, exactly. I, if I tell you, go to some right. of the things people have said to me, like, based yeah, ah, on What. I on "What? Why are you charging?" And I'm like, I "Girl, mountain. I get it." How much? Yeah. Like, yeah. I get it. That's it's not for yeah. you and that's yeah, fine. Exactly. But exactly. she came on board. And she's only she's in her second month. The first meeting we had, the next day she posted on Facebook, she said, and it's there for everyone to see, she tagged me in it. And she said, "Ekena onu." I just want to say thank you. You have no idea what you've done. Mm. Let me tell you, Gucci, Mm. I Mm. stood Mm. up, right? No Mm. one was with me in the house. I was like, come, let's praise the Lord. Like really giving God glory because it matters to me that when women come into my space, they are changed. Yes, It matters to me that this is not just about like, I'm not doing this for notoriety. I'm not doing this even just to make money. If I wanted to just do it for notoriety and make money, I could have been making a lot of money a lot, long time ago. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of people that know how to work the system. Mm-hmm. It matters to me that people are mm-hmm. I want to be able to go at the end of my life Mm. And really be able to meet my maker and say I did the work that I was called to mm. do. I really believe that there is a crown, and I really believe that there is a have. I believe I will be accountable yeah. to really yeah. elevating my gift. So mm. this to me is not just something to do. Yes, this, to me it is a burden. If I believe me, if there was another way to do it, I have yeah. thought about selling hair. Yeah. I have thought yeah. about you know, selling shoes. I have thought about yeah. it all. Like yeah. there are other ways to make money. I don't right. have to do this. Right. Because think about. This work is even when you're going through it, and I have had seasons of difficulty throughout this time. It doesn't, you know, and I try to tell people don't ever believe the hype that working Mm. and walking in purpose means Mm. that your life will not have challenges. Jesus Mm. said, In this life we will have troubles, but take heart for I've overcome them. And so, for me,
0: Mm.
1: even when I'm going through, I've had days when I've had something like that, you know, knocks the breath out of you, like Mm. life changing, Mm. and I have to go speak.
0: Mm, mm, mm. and i have
1: to do what i need to do because people are depending on you they have you know they're there for a reason they're trusting you to deliver Mm. and i will go and stand and deliver and come back and collapse into my bed
0: yeah yeah so
1: this is not something that i just do yes this is something that i know it's a calling Mm. and i see it every day like Mm. the retreats that we have Mm. You know, we have, this is our fifth annual one. We're going to Puerto Rico. Mm -hmm. The reason why we're going to Puerto Rico is the theme of this particular retreat is after the storm, she discovered the next best version of herself. Mm -hmm. And Puerto Rico is a place to go because they went through a storm. They're reinventing themselves, And we want to stand on that ground as we begin to speak this word. But Mm -hmm. when we do our retreats, why are these retreats? So I remember the first one. The first one was truly faith love hope you know uh, i almost died that day the, the second day of the retreat i cried i was telling god i can't do this it's too hard mm-hmm. you know and people were having a great time it t- it cost me like I it cost me money one to put mm. it on mm. because it ended up like like you charging but yeah. and people are like what is that and yeah. but you want to elevate their experience. Right. I hate to go somewhere and be nickel and dimed. Yeah. I want you to have an experience, an yes. extraordinary experience, and I give yeah. my heart in it. But mm. it costs money to do that, and. I was killing myself to make mm. it happen. The first one. I, almost, I literally, the second day, I broke down.
0: Mm. If not
1: for the team that I had with me. Mm. The one of the ladies who is a friend who came on side just alongside me to support me. That real, like just a heart, like she said, I'm coming.
0: Mm.
1: What can I do? She was wiping clean. This woman is Mm. a boss in her own right. Mm. She stood with me that morning. She dried my tears. She's like, come on, we can do this. Mm. And we did, we, you know, we, we got this done. Mm. The first one, Mm. the first one I decided, you know, these are divinely, this is my gift to Mm. be able to translate experiences. Mm. I believe that I'm a griot Mm. and so Grievers are carriers of wisdom for the culture. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I bring wisdom through experiences. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that we did there was I had the woman go snorkeling. Mm. <laughs> you know, we we don't like water.
0: No. So not only
1: do we like water, I want yes. you to enter the ocean. Yes, when I enter ocean and be looking yes. for fish. Why yes, exactly. now? Exactly. When I can order sea bass in a yes, nice I restaurant, do. what are you talking about? I, no, but that was a powerful. Uh, thing Why? Mm. I wanted women to experience what it was, even those that swim, because I swim. Mm. But swimming in the ocean is very different from swimming of in a course, pool. Of there course. are no boundaries. Yeah. You can't see the bottom. You can't yeah, see yeah. the edges. Yeah. What would life look like if you lived it mm. as if there were no boundaries? Mm. One of the ladies that was on the line with me, you know, I could hear her scared out of her mind. She just wow. kept holding on. She's like, Jesus, yeah. Jesus, <laughs> Jesus, right? Like, like, I kid you not, know, right? <laughs> So she's holding the line for And you have to take the line To a certain point And you get off the line Where the fish are Mm -hmm. And she was talking herself She said, I can do this I can do this She was giving herself a car It's like, come on You can do it You can do it This is how we were now Getting ourselves to the line And she let go of the line She did a little snorkeling She was only in there For about five minutes That's okay
0: But Mm -hmm. she did it Mm -hmm. She got
1: back into the boat And she just felt Such a powerful lifting She didn't say much On the ride back when we got, um, we did the rest of our program, you know, she was engaged. When she came back, she sent me a message. She said, I want you to understand something happened to me on this retreat. I, and she launched her first album. She's a consultant. She's a business consultant. She works hmm. for, um, I can't remember the name, but it's a, a company you would know. Yeah. But she's also a gifted minister. Hmm. music minister she's a gospel artist when she launched her first album she was afraid to do that
0: yeah but she conquered
1: fear in the ocean came Mm -hmm. back launched her album charted on the Christian charts
0: Mm, wow Wow. And
1: now has created a whole nother not only um, stream of income, but mm. really is walking in passion and purpose, does amazing things now with this. And mm. she said to me, I want you to understand that when I came back from this retreat, something happened to mm. me. I thank God for that testimony that she gave yes. me she gave me the strength to continue. Yeah, to continue. And now this is our fifth one that we're doing. And wow. Women, I keep, and she's coming to the fifth one. Mm. A woman keep coming back mm-hmm. because Each time you come, you elevate. Yes. You know, I tell you, this, I'm passionate about it. It's Mm. my heart thing because i really wish women would just get it
0: Mm, i love it i love it i can i can just tell the passion i mean i it's just amazing i love it i'm just feeling off your passion come on now let's do it talk to us talk to us about this retreat i know you have one coming up in october tell the audience because i know there are people out there who would love to join you so talk to us about it when is it where is it you said puerto rico but what are the dates
1: yes san juan puerto rico the dates are actually well october thirty first was the platinum um, level, which is sold out so okay, it 's wow. Frid- Friday, November first to the third okay perfect and yes, a weekend, so you come friday saturday perfect. sunday perfect. it is San Juan is a beautiful space it 's where you know right it 's a city, and you get the beach as well. You're going to, we're going to be at the Marriott. If you want to learn about it, because I know we have a limited time, go to refreshleadershipretreat.com and
0: mm-hmm. you'll
1: see the agenda. I was telling uh, Gucci earlier in our pre chat, we don't have it's not a parade of speakers, right? But we do have some. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have, and I try to bring, be very intentional, our programming is very, very, very intentional, because the goal of it is to connect you to your best self, but that not just on that high level, but one of the things I talk about is feminine energy and leadership. Mm -hmm. And a lot of us don't really understand what that means. The truth of it is that most women lead with their feminine energy, but because of the way that we have been taught to work and taught to pursue success, we end up trying to do it in the masculine, which is the masculine is that that energy that is projected, mm. goal, mm. like let's get it done, aggressive yeah. sometimes. You mm. know, so If you're that woman who is like, come on, let's make it happen, that's masculine. But mm. feminine is really more flow, mm. more receptive. The way of fem- when you see a woman who is truly powerful in a feminine, the way she operates. It's actually really different, but it's still very powerful. You can get Whoa. a lot done. Yes. Now, but what happens is, regardless of how you're leading, you need to be energized. When your feminine is weak, you don't show up as the best woman you can be. And so a lot of times that shows up in your relationships. Sometimes you've been operating as a boss for so long, you bring the boss home, you and your husband are having boom, 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 boom. <laughs> Loggerheads, ahead because he, if he's a masculine man he's not into like his masculine will meet your masculine and either attempt to dominate it yeah I can see yeah so if your person is shouting submit 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 sometimes <laughs> that's because he's, he doesn't know what's happening because this is all happening underneath his masculine is seeing your masculine and is yeah, frustrated yeah, especially yeah. Igbo yeah. men right
0: oh my gosh
1: <laughs> yes the, but the <laughs> other side is that the, all, the, all they withdraw. Mm-hmm. And you get disconnected, mm-hmm. and so sometimes. And I didn't learn this till like like three years ago. I entered this whole in depth study of this because it's not talked about anywhere.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I spent like I feel like I have a PhD in it. I spent two years like just learning from, and it's it's there embedded in different, especially ancient cultures. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait a minute,
0: mm-hmm. because and
1: when I've taught this to women. Right. I've had I had a husband write me two years ago or a year ago saying, thank you so much. I don't know what y'all did, (laughs) but my wife is coming next year. And this is an American. (laughs) Thank you. I love it. Yes. And, you know, so it's like really Mm -hmm. blossom in a way that you didn't even know was possible. Mm -hmm. You begin to live a life of ease. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Like I work hard, but it's not Mm -hmm. grinding. Yes. Yes. I love it.
0: Yeah. I love it, and and just just so the audience is aware, I will have all the information in the show notes, um, yes. so you can you can go. Please sign up. I know it'll be fabulous, and I can. Uh, you also have other platforms. Let's talk in the remaining time. I know that you have so much going on. You talked about uh, your podcast, right? So let's talk a little bit about the podcast, and then maybe we could end by telling the audience how to reach out to you because you have so many different platforms. You have such a powerful mm-hmm. voice, and I know my audience would love to hear more about you, learn more about you and connect with you. So talk to us about the podcast and then talk about your platform, how people can reach you.
1: Sure. Yes. So I actually have four books, The Mrs. Club and Aristocrat Wise*. I have Can I Be Real, which is a nonfiction book. And I have Mm. Despair to Destiny, which is a study on overcoming adversity from stories in the Bible. So if you go to Amazon.com, you can just Mm. search my name, Ekanonu, they'll come Mm. up. Wonderful. The podcast is brand new. So, you know, I'm trying to take a leap from my sister's book <laughs> over here. <laughs> Yay. And um, it's called Iconic Womanhood. Okay. Love it. Uh, we have three episodes or four episodes now. Uh, the, the format is every month we'll have a new interview. Mm-hmm. I'm really trying to get wisdom mm-hmm. from the diaspora mm-hmm. and so i have women that are scheduled to talk from all across we have nigeria south africa ghana mm-hmm. we have um canada we mm-hmm. just released one with um SZA from from johannesburg mm-hmm. well, then we have um minda hearts is coming on who has a great book about taking your seat at the table. So, wonderful. you know, really trying to get the wisdom from all across the diaspora mm-hmm. uh, and really making sure that we, we connect to what we can learn from each other. And then I, I talk every other week. Mm-hmm. I give my own, you know, discussions. So the one, the episode we have right now is called Death to the Strong Black Woman. Because yes. we yes. just need to let her go. We just need to bury her, yeah. tell her, thank you, goodbye. Yes. Because we're done with that. I right? wonderful, yes. Oh, you did? Oh, great. <laughs> So, yeah, so there's that. And then I guess reaching me uh, best ways at my website, which is Mm -hmm. uh, refreshwithecaned.com. Mm-hmm. uh, I'm on LinkedIn, Ekene Anu, and I'm on Instagram, Refresh with Ekene as well, and Facebook as well. So I'd love to connect with anyone and, and learn more about what you guys are all doing as well and, and, you
0: know, get in the mix. Yes. Yes. This has been fantastic. I <laughs> can't yes, even put words to it. It's been wonderful. And I'm so grateful you came on and it's been lovely talking to you, Ekene. We'll talk again soon. Thanks. Thank you. My, my, my. I'm so pumped after that discussion. If you can't tell, it is a passion of mine to see women live out their purpose. And I thoroughly enjoyed this chat. This episode's show notes will include details of Ekene's upcoming retreat. I list the four books that Ekene has written, provide details on how to listen to her podcast, and I provide details on her platform. To access the show notes, please visit the website at www.vebo.com and click on Episodes. Please reach out to me to let me know what you are enjoying so far and things you would like to hear about. You can reach me at ugochi at com. Follow us on Instagram at eboinitiative. And if you are able, please subscribe to the podcast and leave a rating. Thank you, as always, for listening. We will see you soon. Thanks. Bye-bye.